After years of helping online businesses make more money by advising them on their taxes and finances, I've now made it my mission to reach as many profitable online businesses as possible to help them save on their taxes and make more money. On my quest, I bring you proven and real profitable online business owners, and we dig into how they do it. All right. Hello again. Thanks for being here on the Few, the Proud, the Profitable. This is the podcast where we talk exclusively to six and seven figure online business owners. We know that in this space, there are a lot of people who fabricate, who exaggerate, who inflate their successes. So what we do here is we take the guesswork out of it for you. We vet every one of our guests and verify that they are legit online. So we know that they've actually had successes and hopefully they can portray those and help you can use that information yourself. So we've got one today who is huge in the space, who has done that very successfully. Ryan Stuman, thanks for being here, man. Well, what's going on? I, I'm glad to be here. I like doing stuff like this, have a good time, you know? Yeah. So, no, so, we, we always have a blast. Profit, we get you know? to talk about what people are doing right and troll all the people <laughs> and how they're doing stuff wrong. Well, you know, good news is there's plenty of both. There's, uh, there's a lot <laughs> of folks that do things the right way out there, thankfully. And, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately there's lots of folks on the other side of that too. Yeah. You know, maybe, so, you know, there's like a a big fake it till you make it epidemic. It's been going on for a long time. So, you know, maybe at some point, some of those folks flip over to the other side, right? The, the people with bad intentions sometimes can flip, man. Rarely, rarely, as they say, you know, it's a tiger can't change its stripes or whatever that, that old saying is. Right. Yeah, and occasionally you do see that. There are people where you'd hope what they're doing is they're using that time where the fake it till you make it, where they they project the success they haven't had and they use that to actually get an education and what they're selling, actually get their craft up to snuff. A lot of people seem to, at least in my experience, it seems like they focus purely on branding and making the sale and they're not so worried about delivering the product after the fact. Yeah, you know, I I think that comes from a lot of people just being sales folks, you know, as a, as a mm-hmm. salesperson, because uh, our space has got a bunch of them. But as a salesperson, you're like, well, you know, I sold it. I don't make it, you, you know, like that, that's like the whole point of being a sales guy, right? Like you make yeah. it, I fucking sold it. And so um, that doesn't work when you own your own business. So I think a lot of people that uh, end up becoming self-employed, which a lot of those are, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the coaching space or whatever the hell doesn't matter. But a lot of, a lot of the folks that become self-employed started out as salespeople. I mean, think the average employee who's on a fixed 40 to $60,000 a year income, they can't branch out and just start their own business. But the salesperson who's made six figures for four or five years in a row, put some of that back, you know, or, or, you know, gambled it and came up on some, whatever the fuck they do and, and, uh, be able to, to, you know, take the, 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 the ride to go become self-employed, but there's a big shift becomes from sales, sales person to self-employed. Cause when you're a salesperson, it's like, literally I sold it. Now you, the company that I work for That's it. provide it, you take care of it. When you're self-employed, it's like, okay, I sold it. It's like, will you get to work? You know, yeah. like I'm pointing back at myself for those of you listening and, and, I, I see that a lot. I have uh, helped a lot of people go from being, you know, a sales professional to self-employed over the years as uh, through our products. And I get a lot of complaints because, you know, 
they they go out and they sell a bunch of stuff to people that I know or whatever. And they're like, hey, this guy's in your program and he didn't deliver right. And I, I know exactly what happened. You know, they just got yeah. overwhelmed and don't know how to train the other person in time or whatever the case. But, but uh, and those are the few that I think have good intentions. Most of them are just like, you know what? I sold it. I closed it. I feel like I deserved it because I sold it. That's the worst type is that, yeah. well, because I closed them, I deserve that money, even though I didn't deliver it to them. That's a whole different scenario. I want the money because I sold it to them. That was what's valuable to me, right? You see a lot sure. of people with that like mindset. Yeah, I, I see it with both. And like you said, it's, I think most people have good, I guess it depends on the subset. I think each little niche has a different percentage of the people who are honest versus dishonest. I think the majority of entrepreneurs go into it with good intentions. There are those who don't, but it does make sense what you're saying. I hadn't thought about that before that a lot of people will come in their salesmen by trade because for the most successful businesses out there, or let me flip it. The least successful businesses are the ones that have trouble getting revenue in. It's not any of this accounting stuff or what I deal with. It's not the back end stuff of too many expenses that sink people usually for your run of the mill startup, it's that people don't know how to sell and get money in the door. So if you've got someone who started out there naturally, their transition to entrepreneur, at least in terms of getting money in the door is a lot easier than someone who comes from a technician's perspective. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that I've been fortunate <clears throat> to like, um, for building all the businesses that I have and, um, and is, you know, I just know how to go out and make sales when times get hard. I don't have to figure out how to cut corners. I just go out and figure out how to cut bigger commission checks, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, uh, that's why probably why I attract those similar people too, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, we've been talking a few minutes, but we've been alluding to it. But the first question we usually ask people is to tell us who you are and what do you do? So if you want yeah, to expound a little right bit about it. what your, your programs are and what you typically are selling people on, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name's Ryan Stuman, and you can uh, catch up with me on Instagram. It's uh, at Hardcore Closer. And on Facebook, it's Ryan Stuman. Those are really two channels that I hang out on. I am full-time entrepreneur. I started off as a salesperson. And, uh, you know, I didn't have like a, an Ivy League education or like a college background or hell, even a high school diploma. I, I just, you know, I learned sales at a young age. Somebody, when I was about uh, 13 or 14, gave me a copy of cassette tapes that they had made copies of, of Zig Ziglar. And, uh, and I learned how to sell like car washes basically. And, uh, I did that for, you know, all the way up until I was 23 on and off throughout the summers and shit like that. End up, uh, getting in some trouble with the law, ended up starting all over again and went back to work at the car wash and was fortunate enough to get a job offer in the financial world. And as crazy as that sounds, you know, I'm one of those stories that I just did the work, right? I showed up at this car wash and I was just like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm not complaining that I was at the car wash. I was never that guy. I was never like, dude, I have a shitty job. I'm at the car wash. Like my life sucks. I was the guy that showed up and I was like, I came to win today. We gonna make them shine, right? Like as soon as the tires hit the pavement, they're going to be blessed because they came to our car wash, right? Like that's how I ran shit. And I really felt that way, right? I was never like, my friends would be like, bro, you work at a car wash. Correction, sir. 
I work at a detail lounge or whatever, right? But like, I really, I really felt something about that. Well, someone yeah. took note of that, you know, and, and one of the customers offered me a job and I'll never forget. Like, I was like, lady, I don't know how to do any of that stuff you're asking me to do. She goes, well, I tell you what, worst case scenario, the car wash here will hire you back. I promise you that. And I was like, shit, there really wasn't a risk. Right. But so I, I took like the same work ethic from the car wash, which in Texas here where I live, you know, shit, it's like 110 degrees in the summer. It's so like you wash your cars. It's like a sweaty job. You're like, damn, I just wiped that place off. Now I'm making it wet. Right. Like it's a, it's a, a rough job, you know? And so now all of a sudden I got this banker job and uh, I remember I showed up my first date Michael and I was wearing like uh like car wash clothes like I thought I was dressed fancy right I had instead of a uniform on I had jeans with a tucked in t-shirt you know that's always a really stylish look you know when you tuck in your yeah. t-shirt and, <laughs> and boots man I was ready to roll dude the whole office kind of laughed at me man but I was too stupid to know they were laughing at me I just came in there to, to put in the work you know and, and down the road obviously I got my shit together now Flash forward at this point, I own uh, nine different companies and got about 40 something different streams of income. I help people all over the internet. Uh, we've had about 17,000 clients come through and I was one of the first people to ever teach social media. So I still am the best guy in the world at teaching how to set up their, their Facebook and Instagram pages, not with a bunch of fake likes and all this other shit, but like how to really build a real business around your social media. And I don't mean to influence your business. Like, where you yeah. get paid to speak and all this other stuff. I mean, like, sure, I, I could help somebody do that. But like the folks that typically I work with are people that own a, uh, an insurance business or an accounting business or a roofing company or a construction company or some, something like that that's very local and in, in doesn't have to be a big city either. Uh, that's very local. And I help them create what we call the machine which is where your social media channels start attracting your clients to where people are hitting you up on Facebook saying, Hey, you know, I know that you're in the insurance business. My family and I were up for renewal. We thought we'd shop around cause it seems like it's going up and so on and so forth. And you just be the go-to person. A lot of people think that means like list your job description. Like Facebook says, tell us a little bit about yourself, right? When you go to someone's profile and then underneath that, it's like information. And one of the biggest pet peeves for me, cause I'm a pro with it. I'm telling you guys, there's nobody better than me. I've been doing this for longer than everybody else. And, and I don't have a team of 200 people and I haven't spent billions of dollars. I didn't built it on sweat, like in, in equity, like doing this. Right. And you'll see people that'll have like 50 job titles, you know, yeah. manages this page, I hate that. I, you know, <laughs> this partner, that partner managing this page, And they have like 50 titles and then the city where they went to school and then the city where they're from. And then you know, their ex-girlfriend who they broke up with and then their ex-wife and then now their current girlfriend that they're in a relationship with, right? And then, you know, picture that one time they had a gay experience, they tagged in that other thing over. It's like this long list of shit that we don't really give a fuck about, right? First of all, but could you imagine if like you were at a party, like me and you, we meet at a party, okay? Like I was just at Dan Bilzerian's house two weeks ago. Could you imagine if like those guys of that caliber would have walked up to me and it'd been like, Hey, what's going on? I'm Dan Bilzeri. Nice to meet you. What's your name? I'd be like Ryan Stuman. Awesome. Well, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm part owner of this. I own this over here. I've got a little bit of this going on. I used to have this one time I did this, but like, dude, by the time I'm at the third job, they're going to be like, wrap this up. You know what well, I mean? It, like it totally obfuscates what you actually do. It dilutes 
your true branding and what you're trying to get across when people decide to have this litany of nonsense that they list on their profiles. It doesn't make you look like you were a badass with a bunch of businesses. It honestly makes it look like you're very scatterbrained and can't seem to get anything up and running. Right. Even they could all be billion dollars, like companies, you know what I mean? But like they, like, that's just what it looks like. And so the first thing is I could tell you guys is, is you've got to just have one thing. Like if you go to my profile, it's set up perfectly on Facebook and it's like one job. Okay. I own nine businesses. I do a lot of shit, but when you go to my page, all you can see is one. That's all that matters. My, my software business is the only one that I'm, that's the one that I'm pushing. It's the one that I'm growing. It's the one that, that preserves my image. It makes me look like a software guy, not like the hardcore closer sales guy or this, that, and the other, you know what I mean? It's like my, my Trojan horse, right? Basically for branding. And that's, that's what I want to be known as. People ask me these days, Hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I own a software company. You know that, that's what I say to them. And, uh, and so that's what I've got on my page. The next thing is I have the city where I'm, where I'm from, right? That means like where you currently live. Where are you from? I'm Ryan from Dallas. That's what people ask you when they meet you. It's like, Hey, what's up, Ryan? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Dallas. What do you do for a living? Right? Like those are the three things you married. Maybe they ask you four things. You got kids. They might ask you some like that. Right? So yeah. I'm, when, on my Facebook profile, I got the same thing. I got my job owning the tech company that I'm married. I live in Dallas and that's it. And then my follower count. Right. So I just want to point that out because, you know, we teach like little things like that make all the difference in the world. You know, you're leaving a comment on somebody's page and they think, oh, you know what, man, I wonder if this guy does accounting. And then they go look at your page and you have 50 qualifications. They're like too long, didn't read, have no clue what you do. And they bounce on to the next one. Right. And even if they could figure out what you do, you start to question whether or not they're actually good at it or not. Because a lot of times, like you said, people look scatterbrained and it looks like you're this jack of all trades, master of none. For I've seen it before where we would have local business groups and you look at people's profiles. It's like, all right, I do graphic design and we do roof repair. And I also could do some small time mechanic stuff. And it was, I can't remember what it was, but it was this list of like 17 totally unrelated things. And this dude tries to act like he's an expert at all of them. And there's no freaking way. And most people with a brain realize that. Man, you wouldn't even let somebody who's a master foot surgeon touch your heart. You wouldn't even yeah. let them touch your heart. If somebody was like, step back, I can, I can work on them right now. I'm a foot surgeon. They'd be like, sir, step the f away from the body, right? You're a foot surgeon. Do not touch his heart, right? You wouldn't let them do it. But yet we think that like we, we need to be you know, when we try to advertise ourselves, we need to be foot surgeon, toe surgeon, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, to be very specific with what you do. It, it's annoying. You know what I mean? Because, uh, because it's not how we meet people in real life. That's the one thing a lot of folks don't mm -hmm. understand. And I caught on to this early on is like, if you'll just do the same things online and mirror the way things work offline. And that's where so many people get it wrong. They talk and stuff to people online and they would never do that offline. You know, yeah. I've had people like, uh, you know, say, say terrible things to me. I had one time this dude was telling everybody he was going to fight me at this event. This is a few years ago. It's like, I don't even know this guy. Like, I don't even know him as in like, he's never even as much as bought a book from us for what I know. Right. But he's all mad. Right. Like super mad or whatever. Well, I go to the event and you know, dude, I bring like two of my friends with me to like watch my back. So this guy doesn't jump me. I'm like, Dude, I'm at this time probably 37 year old father of three. I don't 
need no damn smoke shit. I'm on a show. If I get hurt, who's going to like, I'm on a, I don't have no like fringe benefits and shit, what I'm going to call Aflac if I get hurt, man. So I, I get a couple of my friends to go with me. And so finally, like I'm out front waiting on my Uber to pick me up. And I'm like, dude, we made it out of here. And this guy like shows up out of nowhere and he's like, Hey, you stupid. Oh man, we almost made it, man. I turn around and I look and he's like, I really, I really like your speech, man. Man, that was that was some good stuff. It was that dude, right? And he was like, the same telling dude, me, the same dude. And in real life, he's like, man, I really, I really resonate with your message, man. You know, have a safe trip home. That was like the end of it. I, you're not like two days later, was back on there talking all sorts about me on the internet and stuff. Which, again, you know, I think is hilarious, but that's where people make the mistake. And in real life, that guy's probably a super nice dude. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Like he was, he's probably he seemed like a nice guy. But yet he gets online and he, he like leaves the way that the human interaction and changes the way he interacts to like, yeah. like it interacts on a machine basis, right? An artificial basis with people, which brings out this like mean and, and I get it. Like, cause in real life you look at me, there's really nothing to be jealous of. I'm not over here wearing 24 karat gold chains with fucking, you know, pull, like, I, I, you know what I mean? I'm not like that guy. I don't look like anything special. I'm not built like fabio or no shit like that i'm not gonna sneak up and take your girl from you i'm not that guy right and so you meet me in real life and and you're like oh it's just a normal person right but then we see people and and i'm not the good example of this but i've run into a lot of people in real life that i see on instagram or some they're like high quality always in like private jets and you know they got like a lambo that don't even come out for like two years from now and you know what i mean like on some next level then you meet them in life and you're like, oh, I didn't realize your whole life was a filter. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I know a lot of supermodels on the gram that are, that just don't even, I'm not saying they're not attractive because they are, right? They don't even look the same on there. Because like on the gram, they're like fixed up with their hair done, top-notch clothes, top-notch airbrush stuff. Everything is at mm-hmm. 10 during these photo shoots. And then like, I know them because they come and, they, we work with them and they sit in our audience and they're, and they're our clients and stuff like that because we deal with a lot of influencers. And it's like, they're just normal, normal gals and dudes. I'm not, not just the yeah. ladies, the dudes too, you know? Well, and, model, uh, models in general, sometimes, and again, it's not like you're saying they're, they're unattractive, but beyond just the filters, airbrushing, all that, it's people who are just photogenic. You see them in right. person, they're like, okay, normal looking, reasonably exactly. attractive individual, but just the way the camera catches them, they look a million times better than any of us ever will. And, and you know what's wild too, man, is, is I just want to point this out because a lot of people don't realize this because I, I see you may get a little like uh, bothered. We, we can talk about it. But like I see a lot of people say, oh, you know what? She's an influencer. He's an influencer. What an easy job. Like, first of all, it's not easy to grow a, a social media mm-hmm. profile or we'd all have millions of followers. Yeah. Like, let's just be real. There's an art to that sh- I promise you. And if booty pics was all it took, someone just taking a picture of their ass to get a million likes, like all you chicks would have them. Don't lie, right? Like, okay. If all it took was six pack abs for a dude to get a million likes, all you dudes would have them too, right? It's not, we, we know that's not the truth. Okay. There's a lot, a lot of work behind that, but I don't know about you, but like, and I'm no influencer or model, but I just want to point this out. Like next week I have to go for a family photo shoot. And we have to do like three wardrobe changes because we're getting like three different settings for the photo shoot. Right. And, uh, 
that's a lot of work. You know what I'm saying? It's like a half day event. And uh, you ever change clothes three times in a day? God damn, that in itself is a lot of yeah. work. You know what I mean? Even if you're at home in the closet and you went swimming, you dried off, you went back. Like that's a, that's a big chore in itself. And like we don't really give those people the credit, I don't think, that it takes to be photogenic and find the right one and then be able to grow that profile and hopefully put, you know, the, my favorite are the ones that put some kind of positive spin on it as opposed to like, you know, just, you know, for my adult only version or whatever, right? Yeah, Those they're selling their um, I'm sure that takes work too. We don't have our adult only version link locked out there. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there to all this stuff, there, there's an art to it, and I think that's where, like, I always talk about I'm trash on social media. I feel like I can convey a message relatively well. We've done, we've got a pretty successful blog that we turned into books. I can, I feel like I can convey a message with reasonable proficiency when it comes to the art that there is to doing law. A lot of times it's like long form sales copy, but good copywriting in a social media post that gets engagement. I think people think, Oh man, these that's easy. They just post all the time on Facebook they don't realize the art there is to being successful on, and that's sort of a Facebook tactic, but with, with everything that there is a science to most things you're going to do. And I feel like for a lot of us who are on the outside looking in, like, oh yeah, that's easy. They don't, and you don't understand the intricacies or the, the sort of secret sauce that comes with truly being successful at social media. They, they really don't like, uh, a good example of this is uh, Ty Lopez. Mm-hmm. You know, people look at his like it's just some idiot who rented a car that's in that garage. And let's let's assume that. And I don't know. I mean, I've met him, but I don't know him, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, like, we're not homies or anything, just for full disclosure. But he's I met him in person. Seems like a nice guy. He's mm-hmm. you know he's, he was wasn't like douchey or anything like that. He was a really nice guy. But when he came out with that like car ad, people were like hating all over it. And uh, it took like, you don't realize the, first of all, the way they scaled that to get to like a billion views or whatever they did. Mm -hmm. That's not cheap or easy. No. And then to be able to understand that maybe with Ty, like 60% of the people that saw that hated it. Right. But when you're at a billion, 400 million views, positive is a good. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if 60% yeah. is wrong, you're still playing the numbers game. And it's a, it's a big scale at that point. But, I mean, think about that. He became one of the most famous people in the world for being annoying. Right. You know? And people look at it and they're like, oh, it's just some dude with rented cars in a garage. Like, you have no idea what that guy did to be able to get in front of you that many times. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. When that ad first came out, I think most of us were just kind of clowning on him. Like, who is this dude who has bookshelves in his garage? And it, it came across as kind of corny. But there, clearly based on the results of that, there was a lot that went into that because like, love it or hate it, everyone was talking about it. And before, before that ad, I know he had made money. He had been reasonably successful, clearly had enough of a war chest to be able to be blasting those ads, but he was not this household name. But after that ad, that just propelled him to be an easily top five of the, in the internet marketing space. 
But yeah, people will still now just clown on them. Oh man, Ty is just corny ads, corny ads. And yeah, they're a little bit corny, but they're crazy effective for his target market. Not too many people making Ty Lopez money. There really mm-hmm. ain't. I mean, that guy's rich. He's rich. Like, however you want to, you know, diagnose it, that guy's rich, you know? Yeah. No, and it was interesting. I think we were at like one of the Thrives. I think it was in 2016, and he, he was a speaker there. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting That's to right, me because. Adam. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, spoke at a Thrive. But it was really interesting because they did a Q&A with him. And again, I get it. You, the, he's got such like a bro vibe to him. He's one of people's favorites to kind of pick on. But they did a Q&A and it was just clearly questions he hadn't heard before and just really off the cuff. That dude is quick. Yeah. I don't think people re- realize that just based on looking at the ads with the models and the airplane and you know, the, the sort of image he projects. But yeah, you don't get to that level of success on accident. You know, uh, I know for sure that that original airplane video was not his airplane. Uh, it was a friend of mine's jet, you know, their, okay. their manager used it. So uh, <clears throat> matter of fact, if, if you were to go back and I'm just going to, just give you a little little clue here. If you were to go back and look at that very first Ty Lopez jet where he's like, we just got this jet. He never says he just bought it. He's like, we just got this jet. Right? And he has these models with him and he has, he has his pillows with him. They say Ty, TL on the, on the pillows, right? But if you look at the initials above the door, you'll realize whose jet it really is. He's pretty oh, famous. Really? He wasn't famous back then, but he's pretty famous now. So That's funny. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I remember uh, hearing that story from the person that owns the jet. And I was like, that's, that's funny. But again, he never says like, Hey, I just bought this jet. It's like, Hey, we got this jet, which is a hundred percent true. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. He got it. Jet. Yeah. He got it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, buy whatever he wants, man, apparently, you know? And, uh, but that's, that's like back to the point here is uh, that's somebody who's pushed against a tremendous amount of animosity online and people take for granted that it's like, oh, he's just simple and got lucky or whatever. And they don't realize what it really takes. Like um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was listening to a, a female empowerment panel and uh, I was trying to get in touch with like my feminine side, you know, get some estrogen thoughts. Cause man, like everything around me is like, dudes, I got three sons, a bunch of homeboys, man, I need like some perspective, you know? And uh, Amanda Cerny was one of the people that was on the panel and she's got like, you know, 40 million followers or something, but she got started on a site called Vine and Vine, like basically just Twitter acquired it and it just went away. Right. It'd be like, they killed it real fast. Let's say we woke up tomorrow and all of a sudden, like, you know, Facebook's like, Hey, in 14 days, we are out of here. We got bought up by, you know, Google and Google's turning us off or whatever. We'd be like, Oh dude, like all these groups and assets and all this stuff. Like, dude, we'd be right. Well, that's what basically happened to her. But flash forward because she knows the science and everything else. She's got like 20 million on Instagram and 10 million on, on Twitter. Right. She's got all these other platforms and stuff like, man, that's not something that's just done easy. That's somebody who Mm -hmm. stayed through it. That's someone who's consistently created the right kind of content to go on the right platform and grow and adapt no matter what the situation is. And, and uh, I know, you know, I don't even know what the hell the topic of the show was supposed to be because I just jumped right into this. 
for some reason, but, uh, but for those of you that are out there, you know, like that, that's important that you, you, you don't just look at these folks and dismiss them as something easy. And you think, man, there's a whole business behind this stuff. If you do it correctly, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you mentioned one thing you talked about Ty having to get past the adversity of a lot of people disliking him. And I think that's interesting too, because the people who, I think there's, there's two extremes people take with this. One is that people make themselves so vanilla because they want everyone to like them. They won't actually get any of their actual personality across. They won't say anything that's going to ruffle any feathers. And through that, they just sort of get whitewashed and they're bland and nobody cares. The other thing that's kind of interesting is the other extreme where some people are just going straight controversial and just being real douches, even on stuff they don't believe. And they get engagement with that because people argue with them on social media and they'll tell them that they're being jerks and, you know, it's getting there. Uh, might be helping the algorithm a little bit, but again, it, I don't think that's helping them long-term at all because they're just, they're being jerks. Man, you know, uh, there's a, that's happened to me a lot, you know, and, and I've got one particular, uh, like duo, we'll call them that have like been, you know, working with me since like 2012. I, I mean, 2017, I, I don't know the guy, like your guess is as good as mine, you know? And, uh, but you know, on, on Facebook, man, they're always tagging me. I had to block both of them because they're always tagging me in some kind of post, right? They're always telling me to show my tax returns. Like, why would I show a stranger my tax return? That's such a weird mentality. Like, I don't, I don't ask my friends. I know we're all friends on Facebook, so I don't even ask my friends to show me their tax returns, right? And yeah. I'm not a guy. Like, you don't see me going online going, you know, I make this amount of money doing this. I'm not that, that's not none of my, like, I don't, I'm not even that guy to do that. You know, I'm not, when I introduced myself here today, I didn't go well. And I made $50,000 with three, three tricks in the last 30 days. Like I'm not a, a get rich money guy. That's just not what I do. And so it's like weird to me. But anyway, I was, I was with a, a client maybe two months ago and, uh, and he sat down and, and we were talking and he mentioned that these, this duo. And I said, man, I don't know what the fucking problem with those guys are. And he's like, actually, they're really big fans. They, they were telling me that they tag you in posts so that people will argue with them and shit so that they can grow their algorithm. But they really like watching your stuff. And I'm like, well, that's a really f- way to become friends with somebody. You know what I mean? That's like, like, if, I, it's like if, I, if I'm at the bar, okay? Let's just say I'm at the bar, ladies and gentlemen. Slide up to the bar, all cool. I look over my left shoulder, and there's this like hot blonde man, and she's my type. You know what I'm saying? And I like blondes. I'm married one. And I look over, and I walk up to her, and right before I just say the greatest pickup line of all time, I just shove that right into the fucking ground, and I'm like, "Hey, you, let's go together." Right? That's never gonna work, man. Yeah. Like, where in the dating world of history is that ever gonna work? You just walk over and you just like, I just slap the out of her right like i don't know yeah. her. i just slap her. like i've been pimping her for 10 years and she owes me 50 dollars, right like that but that's basically what this guy but again then we go back to people doing online in this world that they would never do in real life right? right and the dude might be like a double black belt in jujitsu and be able to whoop my ass i don't know because i don't know the 
motherfuckers, but I guarantee you just don't talk to people that way in real life. Like you're not up at like brunch in, in Highland Park Village and they're like, hey, you, f- you meet me in the parking lot. It never happens, you know? Yeah. That, well, that, and- that, I don't, you see, you don't have like a big presence, but if you ever had like people like go through like extra links to try to shit on you or hate on you or anything online. Oh yeah. I mean, and usually it won't be. Yeah. Occasionally more. It'll be what we run into will be emails with keyboard warriors to where people, but same thing where people, when it's in this digital medium, email on social media, whatever, they'll just blast you and they'll just go off. And then you either pick up the phone or they come into the office. You see them in person and they just they don't have the guts to do it because again like you're saying people treat their online interactions in this sort of bizarre and aberrant way that from the way that real life interaction is one of the things i'll talk about and this is sort of a a stupid example but it always cracks me up when someone will friend you on facebook you add them and then immediately it's just like this three-page sales script, you know, copy, hey, my, you know, copy and paste, copy and paste. And I'm like, okay, think about this as if you were in a- open for residual income, <laughs> right? right? Right. It's like, okay, let's say that we were in a networking event or we see each other at a restaurant or a bar. Is this a human interaction you would ever have with a person in real life? And if you're not a moron, then the answer is no. But when it comes to our- digital communication it's like basic psychology and human behavior gets thrown out the window it seems like yeah well it's because they're let's just be real right like like uh i've been waking up early in the morning and doing social media for a long time and most people that they get on social media because they're bored they get on social media because they got anxiety they get on social media because they're they're not happy and so like you think about it, people that get on social media in the morning, like the, the, the guy that's drinking his coffee and shaving and he's scrolling his phone, the, the woman who's putting her makeup on and occasionally looking to see what's on her phone too. Like most people are apples first thing in the morning, right? We're genetically like we're, we're genetically conditioned to eat three times a day. And most of us refuse to eat breakfast for whatever reason. Right. And so we're like apples until after lunch when we finally get calmed down and that's a genetic thing for us to be an because we have to be hangry and aggressive enough to actually go out and kill something and eat it right but like you know most people don't realize it but the food just doesn't arrive in the grocery store in the wild you gotta go out and kill that's why we have that that instinct and so they've got this like hangry mad i'm gonna go snatch up a deer and rip its fucking throat off but they don't but we don't have that outlet anymore and a lot of people don't exercise either you know, uh, and so they don't have this like energetic outlet. And so they take it out on social media and they become this like beast and, uh, and oftentimes end up regretting it down the road. You know, mm-hmm. that's some real shit, you know, about two months ago, <clears throat> what is today? The 12th. So like two, two months ago, tomorrow, I broke my neck in two places and my arm in a few places. I got like in a, uh, a, a, a UTV accident. Oh, right? that's, like, I remember that a doom buggy thing or whatever. And I haven't been able to work out in two months. And the doctor was just telling me today, it may be another 90 days, man. I broke my bone Oof. pretty damn good. And, uh, and so, you know, it may be another 90 days. Like, dude, that's, that's a, 
I've been working out for 21 years. I can tell you there's a lot of pent-up aggression in mm -hmm. that you get to work out in the gym that I haven't been able to work out. Now I'm able to go for a walk at least. When I broke my neck and I was bedridden, man, like three weeks into it, it's like, I got nowhere to like, let this, like, this anxiety mm -hmm. and like that. Because when I'm anxious, when I'm nervous, when I'm like, all that shit, I go to the gym and bust it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and so for those of you out there, you know, you find yourself being an asshole. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, oh, shit, I'm an asshole. Right. It's like, first of all, we're not judging you, you know, the first step to, to getting healthy is, is, you know, awareness. And, and now you're conscious of your situation. Uh, start making the right moves, go work out. Right. And then and like, for me, I only, I make sure, like, I want to say mean right on, on Facebook from time to time. Right. Like I walked down the hallway here at my office and it's like orange man, bad, right. Like Ch China's going to nuke us and the Russians rigged our electric, like all these things triggered out of me that trigger anybody else like that one way or another right i want to come here and on the keyboard and be like what do they always pick on or why is it you know i want to go off and be but i don't you know mm -hmm. i don't you know why because i exercise i get that out of my system somewhere else right and i do my best not to get plugged into that if you find yourself being mad and stuff all the time and arguing with people like like i have something called the newsfeed eradicator and if you use Chrome, it's a free plugin for Chrome. It's like the, the, the Chrome desktop extension. And it's a free plugin and it's called a uh, newsfeed eradicator. And it gets rid of your newsfeed on Facebook. So when I go to Facebook, I'm not seeing a bunch of ads with a bunch of posers and a bunch of like this, that, and the other. I get like nothing. And then it's up to me to like drive where I'm going to drive when I'm on Facebook. This saves me so much time because then it's like, oh, hey, I wonder what Mike is doing. I click on your profile and I scroll your right? I'm not there distracted by ads and things that I don't want to see. It's like nothing's like you ever go to the gym and you have a good workout. You're all sweaty. You feel great, man. You go into the locker room and you got your bag back there and your favorite song still playing in your iPod. And you still got like that energy flowing from like the good workout. And all of a sudden there's a 75 year old man with a swing and just walk out of the shower and sit down butt ass naked in front of you in the gym. You're like, son of a I was having a perfect moment over here. Thanks a lot, Grandpa. Right? Like, we've all been there. If not, you ain't spent enough time in a damn gym, right? But that's, like, that's, that's what it can be like for social media, too, right? You, you log in, and you have, like, this good experience. Like, oh, Micah just had a sales record at his company. Oh, Danny, man, he's killing it over there. Wow, Tabitha, she just, like, you know, hired this new person to grow her business. It's like, breaking news, Donald Trump touches little kids. You're like, I didn't want to see that. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, and then, and then, or someone argue, it's like, we should, we should build three walls. This one, like, I don't care about that. Right. But that's kind of how social media is. It's like the old man that's naked in the gym out of nowhere. And you mm -hmm. get burnt up and see involuntary. Right. That is a grown man, adult pre social media equivalent of pick is in the locker room. And then the same is going on in the newsfeed nobody like like if you get first of all if you get on social media to talk politics you man you're an asshole anyway like you ruin right. that shit for the rest of us like you like thank you because you run that shit i'm just saying all right so two things i want you to explain lot, how this is anger there right? see i haven't worked out in a little while two things one i want you to explain to me how this like how this extension works and two, yeah, it's always fine me be it. politics is a really good example because one, nobody nobody really cares. Two, 
I don't know anyone where their political opinion has ever been changed from somebody else's post on Facebook to where it's, and this goes to anything that you're doing in your life. It's like, okay, you're going to rage on somebody for this. You're going to go on social media and start arguing. It's like, why? What is the utility you're getting from this? What, what's your end goal with this action that you're taking? And even if you win, yeah, it, it, what do you win? You know, right? Why are you wasting your time and energy? Right, one doing year this boat, stuff? sir. Yeah, no. Most of the people arguing on one side or the other don't even know they're going to vote anyway. You know, it's like it's all waste time. Or they know because they're get they get everything from. I never seen a vote. I mean, I never seen been like rolling down the streets like, oh, there's a random vote. Did you see that? Like, we don't know if they're real or not. You know. I believe the tooth fairy was real until somebody finally told me it wasn't, you know what I mean? And so, you know, it could be, I believe voting is real until somebody tells me it isn't, I guess. You know? I still do it though. Still do it. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's, yeah, there, there's a lot of toxicity out there, especially related to politics and social media, but stuff, stuff in general. So how does that. Oh. So I, I, okay. I was going to show you. Yeah. You were asking like how the little extension works. So for me, I'm like super, I'm one of these people that are super dialed in with focus. Right. And uh, that's my thing, man. So when I got to get on social media, Facebook, for example, like if, if the extension is not on here, dude, this would be shit, right? Like all sorts of and everything else. So instead I have all these places that I have to go. Okay. So I have to go and post on my fan page. I have to go, and make sure that I, I run like the largest group of salespeople on Facebook, right? So mm-hmm. I got to go in here and make sure that this is right. It's 82,000 people, right? But yeah. like all the things that I have to do, my client, it's like only 15 of them or so right here, right? Those are the only pages. Anything after that, I'm going to go here and go, oh, you know what? Uh, let's see this guy, uh, Drewby. He's cool. Let me see what Drewby's up to. And then I got to actually go to his profile. Now, let me tell you the benefit of that, why that's so important. Because right here, when, when posts are being served up to us, what happens is we get distracted. We, mean to, we meant to spend five minutes on Facebook and we end up spending 50 minutes, right? We go into the bathroom, we sit down and we're going to like use the restroom and we're like, next thing you know, you've been in there for too long, right? Because you mm-hmm. lose track of time because you've been scrolling the newsfeed or you're at your desk and you lose track of time. This makes it go, oh, shit, if I don't go to the places where I have to go, then like, you're not going to get distracted. So what I do is like over here, I know to make my posts and I go throughout the day and I'm just checking to make sure that people are actually engaging. So maybe since the last time I looked somebody, you can see, I keep up with them pretty good so that I'm really watching my page and engaging with people that are on my page, as opposed to going and surfing the newsfeed and everything else, right? I'm taking care of, and I'm watching my own channel for the most part. See, look, I only got one damn job where I'm from, who I'm married mm-hmm. to, just like I thought you, right? Yeah. Clearly see it's me. It's not a cartoon character. You can see that I'm like a you family. Have your anime anime profile picture up there. Yeah. yeah, right here. It doesn't say buy something from me. It's a picture of my family and some stuff like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. like that's that's how it's supposed to be, you know, the way that it's it's set up the right way. So anyway, I say all that because that newsfeed eradicator allows you to go in there and be focused. Also, I use messenger.com. Uh, so that, that, that I'm not going to a place where they're just popping up on me on Facebook. Once I'm done with Facebook, I've gone, I've made my post, I've hit the like button where I need to hit the like button or left a comment where I left a comment, I'm out. I, I shrink the window, 
I X out of it, like it's over with, you know what I mean? And, and, and it just, it just keeps it, keeps me focused while I'm on. Yeah. That'll work for you guys too. Even if you're being, here's a way to, to keep from seeing things that trigger you to be an ass. I know how it is. You log into the news feed and you're like, Oh, look puppies. Oh, look, another cat video. Oh, look at my friend, Jana. She just had a kid. It's like, Trump, right? Like that's how it happens for people. And then they get all triggered and they're like, oh, now, now Janet's talking about how great her kid is. She just had him with the she know, right? But you, 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 the, um, your rage starts to get, um, what is yeah. it? Transitive property. You start to go after stuff that wasn't what made you upset to begin with. Yeah. You'd be mad at potatoes. You're like, are you guys gluten-free or not? Make up your damn mind. Right. You just be mad at stuff that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Right? Oh, that's funny, man. All right, man. We could keep going with this for ages, but I know we're we're running short on time. I don't want to keep you too long. So it's been a blast having you on here. This has been one of the more interesting and fun ones we've had. For people who want to reach out to you, for people who want to work with you, what's your best method of contact? So, uh, you know, the best place to find me is on Instagram. It's at Hardcore Closer. It's got a blue check on it, so it's easy to find. Uh, so, you know, you got the right one, the damn imposters, you know, I'm so cool. They always try to be like me. It's like, you do so much better just being yourself, man. But anyway, uh, just find me over there on, on Instagram. I try to respond to DMs, dude. It gets hard because there's a, there's a lot of people. The page is growing pretty good over there. We put a lot of money and work behind it. Hence how I knew that earlier when we were talking about it. Uh, but send me a DM if you have any questions, whatever. The coolest thing to do for me is to screenshot this show and then just tag me and Micah in it. And then, you know, maybe I'll reshare it if there's enough of them. So. Okay. Awesome, man. Thanks again for being on here. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks man. We had some good laughs too. It was, it was, uh, yeah. yeah nice. This is good. Make, make light mood and have a little fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sweet, man. So to everyone watching, thanks again for watching the few, the proud, the profitable, where we only talk to legit online businesses. You can subscribe to this, review it. That would be awesome. And yeah, we'll catch y'all next time.